0: As the Rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you to this podcast and wish you every blessing in the new year. We have been offering these online services every week since the first lockdown began back in March 2020, and we shall continue to do so, particularly since the guidelines relating to live services can still change at very short notice. Each service combines archive recordings of our choir and congregational singing with newly recorded readings, intercessions and sermons. And we'd like you to know that we keep a candle burning before the altar here each day as a sign of hope, and we give thanks for you all. May the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. Jesus answered Nathanael, Because I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. With you. With you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this the second Sunday of Epiphany. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. The grace of God has dawned upon the world through our Saviour Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for us to purify a people as his own. Let us confess our sins. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the Gloria.
1: Gloria in excelsis Deo
0: Almighty God, in Christ you make all things new, transform the poverty of our nature by the riches of your grace, and in the renewal of our lives make known your heavenly glory through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
2: The Old Testament reading is taken from 1 Samuel, chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, there was no frequent vision. At that time Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. And said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood forth, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for thy servant hears. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: Second reading is taken from Revelation chapter 5, beginning at the first verse. And I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I wept much that no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, Weep not, lo, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and with golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy art thou to take the scroll and to open its seals. For thou wast slain, and by thy blood did ransom men of for God, from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and hast made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
4: Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel, and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, Do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
0: In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I read through this morning's Gospel reading in preparation for this sermon, I found myself reflecting on those people from my past who have had the greatest influence on my life and what it was about them that had made such a difference. I can think of a particular secondary school teacher and a couple of lecturers from my university days, as well as a member of the clergy, all of whom had a profound effect upon me to the point where they really did change the course of my life. They were all very impressive and gifted human beings, highly skilled at what they did, and they were all, in their different ways, very important role models for me. But there was something else as well. It was the fact that, somehow, each one of them managed to discern something within me that I myself hadn't previously known was there. My personal experience of school education was a bit of a train wreck, to say the least, so much so that during my teenage years I developed a very poor self-image and was very disparaging about my own academic ability. So when that particular teacher and those lecturers at different times and in different ways saw straight through that and recognised instead that I was in fact intellectually very capable, it really was a revelation. Not only could they see what I could hope to achieve, but they supported and encouraged me to the point where I was able to reach far beyond anything that I could have imagined possible. And then there was the clergyman, who first discerned within me a vocation to Christian ministry, long before the thought had ever occurred to me. And they all got it right. Somehow, despite all the obstacles that I put in the way, and despite my own very false and superficial sense of who and what I was and what I could do, they could still see through to the very heart of me. They could see what I was about. They could recognise my worth, even when I couldn't. I don't know if you have ever had that kind of experience yourself. It may not have involved a teacher, Perhaps it was simply the first time that someone enabled you to recognize that you were loved and that you were lovable. But whatever form it took, that kind of recognition really is revelatory and life-transforming. The encounter that Jesus has with Nathaniel in the reading that we've just heard from the very opening chapter of St. John's Gospel makes for fascinating reading for this very reason. We heard how Philip, having just encountered Jesus, goes to Nathaniel, saying to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel's response is one of complete and utter scepticism. Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? In other words, you have got to be joking. You're having a laugh. But interestingly, in response to Nathaniel's cynical and dismissive reaction, Philip makes no attempt to persuade him otherwise, but says simply, come and see. In other words... Suspend your disbelief, put aside all that scepticism for a moment and just come, see for yourself. This Nathaniel does, keen to learn what all the fuss is about and to discover for himself who this Jesus person truly is. And what is so wonderful about what happens next is that the opposite happens because it is Jesus who recognises Nathaniel, and not in the superficial and literal sense of knowing his name but rather in the deep and profound sense of seeing through to his very soul, understanding his essence. Behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Jesus recognises Nathaniel's. Simple goodness, the quality that lay deep within his heart. Baffled, Nathaniel responds to Jesus, How do you know me? Jesus replies by telling him that before Philip had called him, he himself had seen him when he was under the fig tree. This is absolutely typical of John's Gospel, by the way, where the simplest of words can often turn out to have multiple meanings. So Jesus both saw Nathaniel literally sitting there, but he also saw into him. He saw into his very heart and soul. And it is that point of connectedness, that moment of realising that he is recognised for who he is, that he is truly known and that he is valued, valued as one in whom there is no guile. That is the turning point for Nathaniel. In an instant, his scepticism dissolves into total recognition and the deep bond of a relationship with Christ is formed in that moment. Just as the key individuals in my own life saw through to the essence of me and discerned, And drew out my own hidden qualities and abilities that I didn't even know I had, as a result of which, they too became an essential part of my own universe. If any of you have ever had that experience of realizing that you are known and understood, you will, I'm sure, know that profound sense of connectedness you can feel with the person whose gift that was. Such moments of relationship-forming connection can pave the way for lifelong friendships or for relationships of lasting romantic love. Or it may simply be a passing encounter that has an unexpected and lasting consequence. A conversation with a complete stranger sitting next to you on a park bench that suddenly opens your eyes to a hidden truth about yourself. Because it is the moment of recognition that is the thing that matters. And ours is a God who recognises us in precisely that way. There's a certain kind of atheist who always wants to do battle with people of faith by engaging them in philosophical debate to prove them wrong and to demonstrate that God cannot possibly exist. So faith is all complete baloney. But for me, the reality and the vibrancy and the cogency of faith is never something that I've found or even attempted to find in the arena of intellectual argument. Rather, it is to be found in those glimpses of recognition, Those moments when I know that I am seen and known and loved by God. They may be very fleeting, but they are no less real for all that. Today, and in the here and now, it's unlikely that the man Jesus will see us sitting under a fig tree, or whatever is the central London equivalent of that, as he did Nathaniel all those centuries ago but i'm certain that for those of us who do not have his physical presence in our midst nevertheless those moments of god-given recognition still happen but these days they are more likely to be communicated to us through other people in my case through that school teacher and those lecturers and the clergyman all of whom were so significant in my own life story I remain utterly convinced that the Holy Spirit was at work within them, even though they themselves would not have realised it at the time. As St. Paul observes in his letter to the Romans, the God whom we worship knows us better than we know ourselves. He sees into our hearts. And that is, of course, very exposing, but far more importantly, it is mind- blowingly wonderful, because he sees who we truly are and he loves us for it. For me this is nowhere better expressed than in the words of my favourite psalm, Psalm 139. This is a psalm that I quite often read at funeral services, but not because it's gloomy or morose or depressing. Quite the opposite. I like to include it because it reminds us better than just about anything else in the whole of Scripture that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God. I shall leave you with its opening verses. Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know when I sit. Or when I stand, you comprehend my thoughts long before. You discern my path and the places where I rest. You are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but you, Lord, know it altogether. You have encompassed me behind and before and have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, so high that I cannot endure it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, you are there also. If I spread out my wings towards the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the night will enclose me, the darkness is no darkness with you, but the night is as clear as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth Let us pray.
5: Heavenly Father, as we take our first steps in the new year, we pray that the qualities of prudence, honesty, and compassion will guide our policies and perspectives concerning the pandemic. We pray that the power of your healing spirit will envelop the virus ridden with nourishment, faith in you, is a dose of natural medicine. We pray for those suffering from medical conditions which cannot be treated at the moment, that their bodies may have the patience to wait for care. We pray for those who are feeling anxious and disoriented because the rhythm of the everyday has become so unpredictable and unknowable. We pray that your guiding light will be a beacon of consolation for their bruised, souls. Lord, in thy mercy, hear hear our our prayer. We pray for those whose sense of civic duty and overwhelming concern for the other places them in precarious situations. We pray for those who cannot work at home, because otherwise there will be no food on the table. We pray for those who have no food on the table. We pray for those who have no table. We pray for the people of America, and those among them who seek to maintain justice in the face of violence and oppression. They too are faced with a barely imaginable reality. Faith in you, dear Lord, will pull them through the quagmire. Lord, in thy mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. We pray for children in care, teenagers in local authority accommodation, Young people in young offenders' institutions, all of whom have no or few opportunities for education and leisure, and no close role models. Are there people who can share the Christian faith with them? We pray for the children with no laptops for learning, parents who cannot help them learn effectively, families living as seven in two rooms. Privacy is but a dream for them. We pray for all those working in the media who, in the face of closed doors, keep us informed about the world around us, the injustices we face, risking their lives to do so. We pray for those in the media who, with films and programmes, audio and visual, help to educate and broaden our minds. In light of our church community, we pray for our Sunday Club children who are missing their friends and diligently studying at home. We thank them for their colourful contributions to our newsletter. We pray for Alison and Jeff, our verger, our staff, Claire and James and Sally, our church wardens, and our choir appreciating their unsurpassed talents. We pray for our friends across the sea. We pray that the inches of green emerging from the bulbs buried in the earth, are signs of hope that soon we will be praying and singing hymns together in our wondrous Church. Merciful Father, accept these
0: prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Our Saviour Christ is the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Amen. It will become our spiritual dream. Blessed be God forever. Let us pray. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because in the incarnation of the Word, a new light has dawned upon the world, that all the nations may be brought out of darkness to see the radiance of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing In the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Let us pray. God of glory, you nourish us with your word, who is the bread of life. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, that through us the light of your glory may shine in all the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Christ, the Son of God, perfect in you the image of his glory, and gladden your hearts with the good news of his kingdom. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.